Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rolcrawfordville.com. That's rolcrawfordville.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crawfordville. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Happy Father's Day to you. Wow. Recently, someone complained to me about our worship. And you know, we should not say everything we think. But immediately what I thought was, something is seriously wrong with you. And then they said this. They said, I just don't like saying the same thing over and over and over and over again. And I thought, I wonder how many times in 51 plus years my wife has told me she loves me. And I got to tell you, it never gets old. I still like to hear it, don't you? The only other thing I wanted to say to that person, and maybe all the critics are listening today. By the way, we love you. But there's something you need to know. We're not singing to you. We're singing to the Lord our God. We are worshiping Him. Not just on stage, but the whole congregation. We are a choir singing to an audience of one. And He is the Lord our God. Wow. Hey, I brought something with me today. I actually brought an Etch-A-Sketch with me. Just in case you guys get so boring, I don't know what to do. I'll start playing (laughs) with the Etch-A-Sketch. How many of you have ever played with an Etch-A-Sketch? Hold your hand up. Yeah. The kids still play with these things? No. Yes. Yeah. You got to be real bored. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now they have toys worth thousands of dollars, uh, not $10. And so, but I brought this with me for a reason. Because there is something that an Etch-A-Sketch and the Bible have in common. If you think about it, you'll know what it is. They both provide us with the possibility of a fresh start. Don't they? Now, I know one's a toy and one's eternal truth, but just for the illustration, you can work on an Etch-A-Sketch until you mess up. Then you can start all over again. And in life, when you mess up, God can give you a fresh start. Yeah. Yeah. 
So on this particular Etch-A-Sketch, I have some words here. I know you can't see them, but we, I do have words on here. Sin. Mistakes. Disobedience. Shameful words and shameful deeds. Depression. Heartache. Failure. When I write on an Etch-A-Sketch, my handwriting is as bad as when I use a, a, a pen. <laughs> Failure, loser, slave, addiction. I'm sure there's some other things we could put on here, but that's some bad stuff, isn't it? Just watch this. It's all gone. Now, you, you may be thinking, Pastor, you're, you're, you're stretching it. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. The, the question is, do we really believe the Bible? Because according to the Bible, God can do a work in our lives far more miraculous than an etch-a-sketch. I, I mean, think about some of the scriptures. If we... Now, there are some conditions. It's not automatic. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us, say it with me, from all unrighteousness. We just, okay, it's gone. It's gone. The Bible says what it means and it means what it says. One passage of scripture says God can remove our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. You know the scriptures, don't you? Another one says he will cast our sins into the depths of the sea. Uh, the analogy is God puts it where it can never be seen again, never brought up again. It, this, this is good stuff. On one occasion, King David said this. King David said to the Lord in his prayer, it's a good prayer. You should try it sometime. He said, wash me, Lord, and I'll be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. That's a fresh start, isn't it? That's a new beginning. That's a, a clean slate. And all through the Bible, we find these examples of God, a merciful, gracious, compassionate God, giving us a fresh start. This is the one I want to share with you. It's found in Isaiah, the 30th chapter. Uh, verses 20 through 22 is what I'll read. But the whole chapter is about rebellious, disobedient Israel. Israel had rebelled against God. And this is what it says. And now remember, this is all about a fresh start. It says in Isaiah beginning in verse 30, And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction. Now let me stop there. Because we got some bad theology floating around. When we blame every adversity, every trial, every tribulation, every hardship on the devil, we're not reading our Bibles. Sometimes God will step in and bring adversity into your life. Sometimes he'll bring affliction into your life. There are many reasons, but I can tell you that one is God wants to get your attention. And the other one, you may not like it all, but it's because he loves you. 
The Bible says, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens even as a father, the son in whom he delights. The the Bible says that no chastisement is pleasing at the moment, but listen, afterward it brings forth the peaceful fruits of righteousness. I want to tell you, that adversity you're going through may be the pathway to righteousness. God may be getting ready to clean the slate and do something special. All right. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore. Now, this is interesting. This is good. He will not hide himself anymore, but your eyes shall see your teacher. He's talking about himself. He's talking about the Lord. Yes, you've been through a hard time, but now God's going to start revealing himself. And you will actually begin to see his hand at work. And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left, you're not only going to see God moving in your life, you won't just identify it, but you'll hear his voice. And Jesus did say, my sheep know me and they hear my voice, didn't he? And, and this is what he says. I'll be behind you. I'll be saying, okay, take this step. Go here. Go right. Go left. And then in verse 22, it says, then you will defile your carved idols overlaid with silver and your gold-plated metal images. You will scatter them as gun clean things. You will say to them, say it with me. Be gone. Now, you talk about a fresh start. Who wouldn't want a fresh start like this? I'm going through a difficult time in my life. I guarantee you there are people in this congregation right now and people who are listening to this who are going through a hard time. Maybe designed and orchestrated by God to get your attention. Maybe to produce righteousness in you. You're going through a hard time. But then God shows up. And sometimes he shows up with a preacher stepping to the pulpit and reminding you that he's going to show up. Then God shows up. And you begin to see his hand at work. And you begin to hear his voice. And this is key. You start listening to his voice. And then as you follow him, this is important. There's order here. As you follow him, you start identifying those things in your life that need to be gone. A lot of times we'll think, well, man, if I could get my life straight, I could start walking with the Lord. No, if you'll start walking with the Lord, you can get things straight in your life. That's the order. That's the way it works. And... And so this is, this is all about a fresh start. They were in rebellion, but God says, I want to give you a fresh start. Now, let me share with you. I read that. And right in the middle of sermon preparation, the Holy Spirit started dealing with me. And I got this brilliant idea. I actually did this. I got out a piece of paper. And I drew a line right down the center of that piece of paper. And at the top of one column, I wrote one word, be gone. And at the top of the other column, I wrote this word, begin. And and then I, I, I was thinking about, Lord, if you could do this with Israel, you can do it with me. If you did it with Israel, you can do it with your church. And so, Lord, I'm going to just wait before you, and I want you to tell me what needs to be gone and what needs to begin. 
I hope you won't be upset. I will not tell you everything I wrote on that piece of paper. That's between me and the Lord. And you don't have to tell everybody what you put down. But here's what I want to tell you. The first thing I wrote down on that paper, the very first thing I wrote, just changed the whole atmosphere in my study, in my head, in my heart. I said, Lord, what is the first thing? What's priority number one? What's the most important thing for me right now? If I want a fresh start in my life right now, today, Henry Jones, what's the first thing I need to to be gone and the first thing I need to begin? You know what the Lord said to me? I wrote it down. Stop listening to what the enemy says about you. Child of God, please listen to me. He's lying to you. He cannot tell the truth. If his voice is getting through, he's lying to you. And that was the thing that the Lord said to me. Uh, Stop listening to the enemy. And, And now I wanted to get real religious and pious. Lord, I'm not listening to the enemy. But I do sometimes. Sometimes I listen to him and I get discouraged and I get defeated. And then on the other side, guess what I put on the other side to begin? First thing, first thing, start believing what God says about you. Now, I'm I'm there. Stop listening to what the enemy says about me and start believing what God says about me. Did you know that I sat there? I never even opened my Bible because I've been through the Bible so many times. I've read it so many times. I've memorized so much of it. Scripture just started exploding in my head and I started thinking about who I am according to the Word of God. Some of us walk around intimidated, beat up, discouraged, defeated because we refuse to read God's Word and believe what God's Word says. I want to tell you some things about me this morning. I want you to hear me because the Lord took me through this exercise. I have been adopted. And He knew me before He adopted me. That's incredible. Who would want me? Who would want you? With all your problems and all the baggage and all the confusion. He adopted me. If you're a child of God, he adopted you. I am a child of God. I am a new creation. I've been made in the image of God, the likeness of God. We have been. Isn't that amazing? I'm part of a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Oh, there's some great stuff going on with me and with you. I am the temple of God. You say, Pastor, you've lost your mind. No, you're not reading your Bible. This building is not the temple. This building is not the church. No, it's not. This is the temple. This is the church. 
I'm the temple of God and the spirit of the living God lives in me and in you. The enemy wants you to forget and ignore what God has to say about you. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You may not be all that impressed when you look at me. But God was up to something when he made me. And he was up to something when he made you. We are the crowning work of his creation. We should understand who we are. Oh, and I love this. It just keeps getting better for me. Talking about me now. And I just might be talking about you. For me, there is no condemnation for me because I am in Christ Jesus, my Lord. You say, what does no condemnation mean? Well, I'm going to share with you. This is going to be real difficult, but I want you to hear me. No condemnation means no condemnation. Why do we have to complicate everything? You say, Pastor, don't you make mistakes? Yes, I hit my knees. I repent. I get back under the blood of the Lamb. And sometimes I make a mistake and two minutes later I'm walking with Jesus again because I say, Father, forgive me. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. We, no condemnation. Listen to this. I'm a citizen of heaven. I have a passport at home that says I'm a citizen of the United States of America. But God says I'm a citizen of heaven. And between now and the time I get to heaven, guess what the Bible says about me? It says I have authority over all the power of the enemy. Now, yeah, for the... For the three people who clapped, we're going after the devil, I'm telling you. Yeah. You say, Pastor, how is that even possible? Why do we have to uh, analyze everything? Why don't we start believing God and start believing what he says about us? You have power if you're a child of God. I have power and authority over all the power of the enemy. God says that if I resist him, he has to flee from me. God says I can take the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony and overcome the enemy. Oh, the Bible says about me that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I I tell you, I, I just challenge you. Try to get into some of this stuff and stay depressed. You can't do it. Man, this is good stuff. You say it's too good to be true. Oh, no, friends, it is true. It is true. The Bible says about me that I am more, more, more than a conqueror through him that loved me and gave himself for me. The the Bible says about me, this is what God says about me, that nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of Christ. Nothing. See, the problem with us is we're so anemic when it comes to really believing what God's Word says that we limp our way through life and the enemy keeps lying to us and we don't ever have the opportunity to have a fresh start. You want a fresh start? Start believing what God's Word says. By the way, did you know that I 
am already seated with Christ in heavenly places? You're looking at royalty right now. You just don't know it. I'm looking at royalty right now. Did you know that I'm a co-heir with Jesus Christ? What he inherits, I inherit. What God gives to him, he gives to me. I'm a fellow heir, a co-heir with Christ. I'm talking about me now. I am no longer a slave to sin. I'm a slave to righteousness. You want to know where I'm getting all this stuff? Just read your Bible. It's there. And this is what God says about me. Nothing. Nothing is impossible. For me. Because I believe in the one. Who can do all things according to his will. I tell you. I, I just had. Begone. Began. Just the first entry. Had me in revival. The devil's going to tell you you're ugly, you're no good, you're sinful, God doesn't want you, you're a failure, you're a loser, he'll try to lead you into depression. But I'm just telling you, it's time to pick your Bible up and say, no, I won't listen anymore. So, here it is. I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to take a piece of paper. Not now, but sometime in the next couple of days. I'm going to ask you to draw a line right down the middle. Put on top of one column, be gone. Top of another column, the other column, begin. And get sensitive before the Lord. I dare you to do it. I dare, do you remember when we were little kids running around on the playground? If you dare somebody and they didn't take you seriously, what'd you say? I double dog dare you. I double dog dare you to do this. I have no idea what that means, but we all used it, didn't we? I can tell you that the enemy does not want you to do this. The enemy does not want you to get so serious about your Christian walk that you're willing to humble yourself before a holy God and identify those things that need to be gone. And he doesn't want you to get so serious about your Christian life that you identify those things that need to begin and that you need to start. I don't want anything about this message to be negative, but I have to say this, friends. If you're not willing to get serious enough about your Christian life to identify those things that need to be gone and those things that need to begin, you are stuck. You will not listen to the voice of the Lord and you will not obey him and you will never have a fresh start. But if you do, if you're willing to, and you don't have to do it my way, my way is a good way, but somehow you got to get before God. You got to let his voice be the strongest voice in your life. It's all over the Bible. How about the Apostle Paul? You know what the Apostle Paul said about himself? He said he was the chief of sinners. That means he was the worst. That means he was the foremost sinner of his day. He did some bad things. He. He was the enemy of the church. 
He persecuted the church. Some of, he, he put Christians in jail. Some of those Christians he put to death. Even Jesus said to the apostle Paul, now this was before he became the apostle Paul, but even Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? The apostle Paul, before his conversion, was Christianity's enemy number one. And yet on that Damascus road that day, through the mercy and grace and long-suffering of God, God touched his heart and gave him a fresh start. Wiped out his past, gave him a fresh start. Guess what he did? He became a missionary. He planted churches. He performed miracles. And he wrote 13 books in the New Testament. I mean, I mean, that's like going from the worst dude on the planet to the best dude on the planet. God can do that. God can take nothing and make something out of it. God can take a mess and do something beautiful out of it. That's what the Bible says about Jesus as it prophesied his coming. It said he would come to bind up the brokenhearted, to give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning and the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Oh, he came to give us a fresh start. They brought a woman to Jesus one day who had been caught in the very act of adultery. This was serious. They brought her to Jesus to condemn her and to test Jesus. I won't tell you the whole story, but I'll tell you how it ends. Jesus lifts her up. Oh, you got to hear this. He lifts her up. He could have said anything. But he said the one thing that makes a difference. He said, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. He gave her this opportunity for a fresh start. Now, we don't know for sure whether she took it or not, but I got all ideas when we get to heaven. She's going to be sitting right there. Rejoicing. She may even thank me for telling her story one day in Sunday, uh, in church on Sunday. That's what God does. Let's be logical just for a moment. Jesus did not need to leave glory, come into this world, be humiliated, beaten, die on a cross, a cruel death. So he could condemn us. He didn't have to come to earth. He could have condemned us from there. There's only one reason he came into this world. He came to give us a fresh start. A new beginning. A clean slate. To start all over again. I, listen, that's why he came... Do you know that thing you wish you had never done? Do you know those words you wish you had never said? Do you know that one thing in your life that if you could change anything in your life, you'd change that one thing? Did you know God doesn't want to judge you for that? He doesn't. Go back and read your Bible. He doesn't want to condemn you for that. He wants to forgive you. He wants to cleanse your heart. He wants to renew your spirit. 
He wants you to have such an amazing, fresh start that it's called a new birth. The Bible is called the bad news, right? What's it called? Good news. The Bible is good news. There's hope and help for sinners. You see, God said where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. You know what that means? When sin has done its best work in your life to destroy you, the grace of God can do a greater work. That's what that means. I love fresh starts. One of my favorite stories about a fresh start is one time long ago, I say long ago, it was long ago. <laughs> I started a class in Sopchapi. Most of you have heard this story, so I'll, I'll abbreviate it. I started a class in Sopchapi called the heathen class. The, to come to this class, you couldn't be attending church anywhere. You weren't a bona fide heathen if you were going to church anywhere. So if you had to be completely non-churched, I actually sent out invitations. If you attend church anywhere, please do not come to my class. But if you do not go to church anywhere, please come to my class. Diane helped me send out the invitations. We had 51 or 52 men in Sopchapi that showed up that first Sunday. And I got to tell you, it's a weird thing. Somebody said, they're, they're going to be offended by all this. Those guys wore the title of that class like a badge of honor. They would say, I'm in the heathen class. One woman even went home and told her husband, she said, the pastor's got a class I think you might be interested in. She, he said, I don't think so. And she said, wait till you hear the name of this class. It's the heathen class. He showed up the next Sunday and never quit coming. So I was getting ready to be out of town for a few days. And I needed somebody to teach my class. And I... I got before the Lord. I said, Lord, who do you want to teach my class? And the Lord put somebody on my heart. His name was Herman Todd. Lord said, Herman, I want Herman. Sometimes I don't get an answer that clear. Lord said, Herman Todd. And I started to call Herman Todd. But the Lord said to me, and I don't know how, I, sometimes I don't know how the Lord communicates with me, but I can tell you, he is good at communicating. And the Lord said, no, you can't call him. You have to wait until you see him. And the next time you see Herman, then you ask him to teach the class. I said, okay. A couple of days later, I was down at the express lane. I walked through the door of the express lane. And there Herman was standing at the counter. And he had just paid his bill. And he picked up his two six packs of beer. And he turns. And he looks at me. So help me. I said, Herman, would you please step outside? I need to talk to you. He said, I know, Pastor. I know. I know. We stepped outside. We were out in front of the store. And, and, and he said, let me explain. I said, no, 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 no. I want to talk to you. And I said, Herman, I've been praying, asking the Lord who should teach my class while I'm gone. Herman, will you teach my class? 
I am not joking you. He's holding those two six packs of beer. And he looks down at that beer. He said, you want me to teach your class? <laughs> yes. God said you. And I was sure of it. God said you. So it's not just me inviting you. It's God inviting you. Will you teach my class? He looked up. He said, yes. He said, I've never taught a class before, but I'll give it my best. I got to tell you. Herman taught my class and the guys fell in love with him. Herman Todd told me years after that experience, he said that was the last beer he had ever bought. I never said one word about the beer. I never said one word about alcohol. And by the way, this is not about beer or alcohol. So don't walk up to me and ask me if I think it's a sin to drink a beer because you've missed the whole point. This is about you being willing to look at anything in your life that God doesn't want there and for you to, that God doesn't want in your life and you say, be gone. And God told him that. He never bought any more beer. He taught my class many times. And if you go to Sop Choppy right now and talk about Herman Todd, people will remember him as a man of God. Now, I want to just throw this in. I want to throw this in. Christians, you may need to get off your high horse and quit judging people. Because I would never have selected him. But God had a fresh start in mind for him. And God gave me enough sense to obey his voice. And Herman had a fresh start. There are people in your life that need a fresh start. Why don't you just ask God how he wants you to deal with it? And, 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 then, and then for us, man, how important is it to have a fresh heart? Oh, fresh start. Fresh heart, fresh start. Okay. All right. Quickly, I gotta, I gotta go. So you may be thinking, Pastor, I come to church every Sunday. I'm involved. I, I pray. I volunteer. I pay my taxes. I pay my tithes. It's almost like a tax, isn't it? I pay my tithes. Pastor, this idea of a fresh start is good for other people, but it's, but I don't need a fresh start. Really? The Bible says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. What is the likelihood that God's already revealed to you everything he's got for you? I don't think so. I don't think so. There are times we need a fresh start. 25 years ago, I needed a fresh start. I was doing fine. I was happy. You see, needing a fresh start doesn't necessarily mean you're in a bad place. It just means you're walking with God. And sometimes God says, okay, now we're going to the next level. Now I'm going to do something new with you. Now I'm going to do something fresh with you. You've been here long enough. Now we're going to take one more step. I had a new start 25 years ago. And I wouldn't be standing in front of you today if it hadn't been for that new start. I'm just asking you. To be open and quit making excuses. I'm too old. I'm too young. It's too late. Moses was 80 years old when God called him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. Caleb was 85 when he said, I'll take the high ground where the giants live. And God strengthened him and he, he conquered the land. 
John, the disciple John, listen, is believed by the theologians to have been 13 years old when Jesus called him to be his disciple. So young that when they sat down on the floor, he would lean back on the chest of Jesus and put his head on his shoulders. Can you just see that picture? I can see Jesus wrapping his arms around this 13-year-old that he called. Get rid of your excuses. If he says you're too old, the enemy is lying. If he says it's too late, he's lying. If he says you're too young, he's lying. Here's a clue. Anything he says to you, anything the enemy says to you is a lie. It's the voice of the Lord. And I'll be behind you. And I will speak to you. And you will hear my voice. And I'll say to the right or to the left. And as you walk with me, you'll begin to say, that has no place in my life. Be gone. A man wrote a poem. Author unknown. But boy, it speaks volumes. I want to go. He said, stay. I want to do. He said, pray. I want to work. He said, wait. I want to live for his sake. Love me, child. He softly said, yes, Lord. I bowed my head. I want your way. I am your son. So not my will. Thine be done. Say it with me. Not my will, thine be done. Let's do it together. Not my will, thine be done. You want a fresh start? That's a good place to start. Not my will, thine be done. I know in my heart that God put me in the pulpit today to say this to you. He has some fresh, new, wonderful, glorious beginnings for all of us. On this Father's Day, let's be sensitive. A fresh start. I thought about labeling this a fresh start Father's Day. Would you bow with me, please? With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Isn't it time for a fresh start? Maybe there's something in your life that shouldn't be there and needs to be gone and the Holy Spirit's already revealing it to you. Why don't you come to the altar before you leave? Don't put it off a bed and just say, Lord, not my will, thine be done. If you want this out of my life, I'm going to say to it, be gone. Maybe there's something the Lord's been working with you. He's been speaking to you and you need to start something, but you've been procrastinating. You've been putting it off. Maybe just come to the altar and say, Lord, not my will, thine be done. If by chance you're here and you do not know for sure you're going to heaven, today is the day. Today is the day to have an experience like Paul had on the Damascus Road. Like millions have had through the years where you surrender and say yes. Maybe the Lord's saying to you, you need to join this church. You've been putting it off, but you need to join River of Life. Maybe that's your fresh start. I don't know. I'm not God, but he is. Let him speak to you. Follow his leadership. Follow his leadership. There's some good days ahead if we're walking in the paths of the Lord.
Father, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. Thank you for letting me share this message. Lord, I pray that, that you'll speak and that lives will be changed today. You are a fresh start God. You're the God of a second chance, a God who has a future for failures, a God who, who is always revealing new steps, new ways, new levels, new heights. And we know it's all made possible through the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. But Father, help us to take advantage of it. Bless this invitation right now. Holy Spirit, would you draw and woo people to you like never before? May one day we look back and say, that was a fresh start Father's Day for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us at ROL Crawfordville for more information and directions.